Those are good words for us to hear in this time. Forever God is faithful. Forever God is strong. Forever God is with us. Remember those words forever. I read a great and truly timely commentary on today's gospel lesson. Doesn't it feel good to be celebrating a wedding in today's gospel? It's been way too long since we've had a celebration. That's written by the Reverend Jane Weston. Today we change from sweatpants into our festive attire and walk away from our Zoom screens. We're not just watching alone at home on YouTube anymore. We gather. We gather with people we care about for a happy occasion. The relationships are close. The conversations are animated. A feast is on the table. And as she notes, the wine is flowing. She continues stating the obvious. Many of us have deferred life celebrations during COVID for our sake and for the sake of others. This is a good thing because we are looking out for each other. But think of the weddings that have been postponed and the family reunions that got rescheduled. It has been way too long since we've attended to the normal things, the everyday things, the special things, the joyful things we used to do and possibly even took for granted. After a three month delay yesterday at the Stir Funeral Home, we celebrated the life of our member, Barbara Ellis. And I thank those church members who were present to join her family at that time and her red hat group. Of course, we're not physically going to a wedding today, but we do get to tag along with Jesus and his mom and his friends who've been invited to a wedding at Cana in Galilee. We can live vicariously through them today as they go to a celebration together. People are rejoicing. People are together at last. At our wedding feast in Cana, Jesus' mom notices that the wine has run out. Commentaries tell us that in the first century culture, the host and his family would endure unsufferable shame if this happened. Jesus' mother knows this and she looks to her source of help. She looks to her son, Jesus. Jesus responds, that's not our concern. My hour has not yet come. Undeterred by Jesus' protests, Mary persists and tells the servants to do what Jesus tells them. Do whatever he tells you. I love this encounter of Jesus with his mom. This is the first time we meet Mary in the Gospel of John. John has no angel visitants and no birth narratives. Mary appears in chapter 2. This Gospel comes around in our lectionary cycle every three years. So I've remarked before that to me, this story is just so real. And it's so funny. Moms, moms. The wine gives out. Mary knows who Jesus is and what he can do. Mary says to Jesus, they have no wine. And from a mother speaking to her son, the hidden subtext is, do something about it. Jesus affectionately, I guess, responds and calls his mother 
woman. Now, at first, that sounds a little bit harsh to me. Woman. Did I or you ever talk to your mother that way? I don't think so. I think not. Jesus addresses his mother as woman. But this is not rude, nor is it disrespectful. Remember that again, when Jesus is dying on the cross, Jesus in his last words does it again. Again, he calls his mother woman. This last time Jesus is looking out for his mom, remembering her in his last glance down from the cross, speaking to her with his final breaths. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. Jesus, at the wedding in Cana of Galilee, tells his mother when she points out that the wine has run out, woman, hear that with affection and with respect, and perhaps with a little bit of, ah, mom. Jesus asks, what concern is that to you and me? It's a reasonable statement. They're guests at the wedding, not hosts. Jesus, of course, knows what his mother is thinking before she even says anything more. He tells her, my hour has not yet come. Jesus' hour is that of his death, in particular his glorification in crucifixion upon a cross, being lifted up, ironically raised up and exalted in the eyes of God until he's raised from the dead and ascends to heaven from whence he came. The end of the discussion essentially sounds like, Mom, I'm not going to do anything about this. But moms will be moms. We know that. Mary totally ignores what Jesus has said to her. It's almost as if she was not listening and certainly not hearing what Jesus was saying. And she turns her attention to the servants and says, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. I'm going to return to those important words from Mary in the second chapter of John at a wedding in Cana of Galilee, when Jesus is about to perform what John calls his first sign, a pointer to who Jesus is. But first, back up with me to the first chapter of John's Gospel. The word that was in the beginning with God becomes flesh and dwells among us. In the first chapter of the Gospel of John, John the Baptist appears. As the first chapter of John closes, disciples have been called. Already in chapter 1, Jesus has been identified for us in at least eight ways as 1, the Word, 2, the Light, 3, the Lamb of God, 4, the Rabbi, 5, Son of Joseph from Jerusalem, 6, Messiah, 7, Son of God, and 8, King of Israel. We don't need to read the whole gospel. We get that identification of Jesus in chapter 1 from the beginning. We know who Jesus is. Two important instructions are given to Jesus in the early days, excuse me, given to us in the early days of Jesus' ministry, in the events of the first and second chapters of John. The first comes from the voice from heaven at Jesus' baptism. In the synoptic gospels where the story is told, God says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. 
Also in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, God speaking it from heaven again at the transfiguration of Jesus, will repeat the baptismal announcement, this is my beloved with whom I am well pleased, and this time God will add, listen to him. This is the first instruction I want us to remember today. Listen to him. Listen to him. What might it mean for you to listen to Jesus? Here are a few of my thoughts. You can add more, I am sure. First, read his words in the gospel. Second, hear what Jesus is saying. Third, understand what you are hearing. And fourth, pray that the one who dwells in our hearts through the Holy Spirit will speak to you. What's it mean to you to listen to Jesus? Now here comes that second instruction, this time not from God, but from Jesus' mother, Mary. Do whatever he tells you. Allow me, if you will, to take this instruction completely out of its context and apply it to us today. Let's see it not just as a message from Mary to the servants, but rather see it today beyond that as a message to us. Do whatever he tells you. What might it mean for you to do whatever Jesus tells you? First, you've listened to Jesus. And now second, do whatever Jesus has told you to do. What might it mean for you to do whatever Jesus tells you? What might it mean to me? I can list but a few of the things that we've heard Jesus say. One, believe in Jesus. We get that in the next chapter, John 3, 16. Two, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And three, love your neighbor as yourself. Four, forgive. Five, turn the other cheek. Six, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Seven, pray. Eight, ask, and it shall be given you. Nine, seek, and ye shall find. Ten, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Eleven, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. 12, do not worry. 13, do not judge. 14, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And that's just getting started with the words of Jesus. Those last few words are from Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' ethical teaching. After John 3, 16, love God, then neighbor as yourself, Jesus says, are the two greatest commandments. Last night I had a text from a Facebook friend. He was inviting me to tune in to the YouTube live broadcast at 7.30 from the MLK Center in Atlanta, Georgia. He mentioned that among the honorees that night was he. The center was presenting beloved community awards to those who serve in our nation and our world to promote the beloved community, a community of love for all of us. Martin Luther King Jr. was quoted in saying, in peace and love, in a beloved community, let us live. You know how often I read from Henry Nouwen and he's always reminding us 
You are the beloved. I am the beloved. Together we are a beloved community and our call is to invite all to join us in a community of love. Fast forward to Jesus' final teachings to his disciples and to us in Matthew 25, just before his last supper, betrayal and arrest. Jesus te teaches the disciples and us about the separating of the sheep from the goats, those on his right hand from those on his left, telling us that just as we have done it for the least of these, his brothers and sisters, we have done it for him. What were those things of which Jesus spoke? You know them, and I see them as instructions to us to add to the list. 15, feed the hungry. 16, provide water for the thirsty. 17, welcome the stranger. 18, clothe the naked. 19, take care of the sick. 20, visit those in prison. 20 commands from Jesus, if we listen. 20 New Year's resolutions right there for us to do. And there are more where those came from, the Bible, the teachings of Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Do what he tells you to do. The servants do what Jesus tells them to do. They listen to Jesus. They take stone, six stone waters set apart for the Jewish rites of purification. At his command, they fill him, dip them with water. And because they listened to Jesus and did what he told them to do, that water, you know, becomes wine. 180 gallons of the best wine ever. It's amazing what wonderful results Jesus brings about in those stone jars and in us when we listen to him and do what he tells us to do. It's an incredible abundance. Jesus gives grace upon grace. That's what John has told us in chapter one of his gospels. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. So will you too listen to Jesus? Will you do what Jesus tells you to do? Amen. <laughs>